You're listening to Semper Reform on the Radio, where the Bible alone and the Bible in its entirety is applied to all of life. There are many people who do not want to hear the truth because it will shake up the false hope they have that they're going into heaven when indeed they are not. Christ is our King. Scripture is our law. Scripture and the laws of our country now collide head on. Now, just to make it clear, we don't bow down to Caesar. So what does Paul do when he gets his big shot at the Areopagus? Watch him. Now, not only has Paul not compromised in order to get here, but once he's here, he says, your worldview is wrong, your philosophy is wrong, it's not just wrong, it's an affront to God, you ought to know better, you're in sin. But the good news is, God has extended to you an opportunity to repent. Welcome to our podcast, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Tim Shaughnessy, and you are listening to Semper Reformanda Radio, where we attempt to apply the Bible in its entirety to all of faith and life. I'm joined today by one of the co-hosts here on our podcast, uh, Carlos Montijo, will be joining us today. Owen Pond will not be joining us. He is our other co-host. And unfortunately, I made a mistake last week. I accidentally introduced Luke Miner as a co-host. Some things came up, and Luke is not going to be able to join us as a co-host. However, we do appreciate him as a brother, and we hope to have him on in the future uh, as a a potential guest. And we would still uh, highly recommend his website with C.J. Engel and Doug Duma. So uh, I think it was called uh, scripturalism.com. So there's some great guys, and we want to give a special uh, thank you to Luke for joining us last week. And as always, I want to remind everybody that we are part of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network, and there are a number of other podcasts for you to check out. You've got Slick Answers with Matt Slick, Conversations from the Porch. You've got Ladies Love Theology. Just want to give them a, a... little shout out. My wife has really been enjoying that podcast, so check them out. And of course, you've got the originals, the Bible Thumping Wingnut podcast with Tim and Len. In addition to that, I would also like to recommend that you check out Ask a Millennial Christian podcast and Memento Mori with Owen Pond. He is, uh, as I said before, our other co-host. You can also check out his Facebook page, Ask a Millennial Christian and Memento Mori, to keep up with what he has going on. And of course, if you want to reach us, Semper Reformanda Radio, you can always uh, shoot us an email. Our email address is semper.reformanda.radio.com. Oh, no, no, I apologize. It's semper.reformanda.radio at gmail.com. Or you can always find us on Facebook. We are part of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Facebook group, um, and you can always Uh, catch us on Facebook. It seems that that's what most people are doing. 
So if you have any questions, concerns, feedback, complaints, anything, uh, feel free to shoot, shoot us an email or, or uh, just find us on Facebook. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into our topic today. I, I think a lot of people are tackling this subject. So we want to give our take on it, but we are going to be tackling uh, Halloween and whether or not the Christian should celebrate Halloween, if so, what they can or can't do. And so that's basically the topic that we're going to be discussing today. Now, Carlos, I think, did most of the prep for this one. So I'm going to defer to him. Carlos, you want to go ahead and lead us into our topic today? Sure. Um, yeah, so we we originally wanted to do this with Brother Len Pettis of the Bible Thumping Wingnut. We were kind of hoping to do a sort of discussion uh, for discussing Halloween and um, from different perspectives because it seems that by and large, well, a lot of the people... Uh, the podcast in the in the network and seems seem to hold to the to the view that Halloween is okay for Christians to participate in or to you know find some kind of redemptive quality about it and, and things like that and and that that kind of provoked me a little bit because I definitely think that Halloween is uh, not something that Christians should participate in and so uh, we wanted to just kind of give people our perspective give you some scriptures and some history so that you can consider these things carefully, especially since this involves our kids. One of the things that I wanted to start off with is kind of give you our thesis, or I guess, you know, just the basic position that we're going to try to, def we're going we're gonna to present to you. So our thesis is that we're, our view is basically balanced without compromise. Um, or in other words, you know, being in the world, but not of the world. This is obviously a, a biblical principle that we all, all, is, all Christians should hold to. Um, this is really ab about holiness and about not being naive or ignorant of where these things come from and and so on and so forth. So so um, I got about uh, a small list of scriptures here that I kind of wanted to go through to sort of lay the groundwork. And uh, we'll be, you know, we'll be playing devil's advocate and things like that to try to address the common objections and uh, things of that sort. So uh, to start here with the first verse, this is 1 Corinthians 14 and 20. It says, brethren, brethren. Be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be children, but in understanding be men. So here's the first, you know, very clear biblical principle teaching that says that when it comes to evil, we should not be partakers in that, that we should have no um, affiliation with evil. We should be, and at the same time, we should be understanding of, of all of these things that um, affect us, uh, of the Bible, of, of the times. This is this is the the principle that we're operating on that we're going to be trying to operating uh, from. Uh, the next verse is in Second Corinthians two ten and eleven. It says, "If you forgive anyone anything, I too forgive that one. And what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for for your sake in the presence of of Christ to keep Satan from taking advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his schemes or devices." So that last phrase here is very relevant to the discussion. We should not be ignorant of Satan's devices, of Satan's schemes. We as Christians are in a war with darkness, with Satan. And the kingdom of darkness is a very vicious enemy. The common category, uh, categorization of, of the Christian's enemy is basically the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so in many ways, Halloween encompasses all three of those. So we need to be very careful uh, with, this, with, the, with, this type, with this day and what it entails. 
So we do have a responsibility of Christians as Christians to not be ignorant of these things and to understand where these things come from and the history behind these these wicked practices and holidays and, and all of that stuff. So that's what we're going to try to get into. Um, the next verse is in 2 Corinthians 11, 12 through 15. It says, But what I am doing I will continue to do so that I may cut off opportunity uh, from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the matter about which they are boasting. For such men are, are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles as apostles of Christ. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. So again, this is again, we need to be aware of, of these things. We need to be, we should not be ignorant. We should not be naive. We should know that obviously the devil has schemes. He has tactics. He tries to disguise himself as righteous and uh, so on and so on. But in Halloween, the, the interesting thing about Halloween is that it's pretty blatant. It's actually pretty blatantly dark and evil and, and uh, celebrating death and de demons and the, you know, the, the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of, of Antichrist. But you have also people, I believe, what I believe are very misguided and misinformed churches who try to redeem this holiday and try to make it, try to sanitize it and Christianize it. So we're we're going to get into that. Uh, that's a very important objection to, to get into. So we're going to, we're going to start to get into that right now as well. Um, the next verse is also very important. It's Ephesians 5, 6 through 11. It says, let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. So it's very clear from, from this verse, the, the last part of that verse, that we should not participate, we should not partake, we should not have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Um, and Halloween is with really, with, it's not hard to see. Halloween is, is obviously very much a work of darkness. It has a demonic history. It, it's, it, nothing has changed about it. Um, you always see horror movies being celebrated. You always see children being abducted throughout this month and being used as satanic sacrifices, so on and so forth. I mean, there's nothing, there's really nothing good about this holiday. And, and also notice what this verse doesn't say. This verse does not say, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, darkness, but instead redeem them for God's glory. It doesn't say to redeem them. It says to expose them and do not participate in them. So that right there goes straight against people who think that they can redeem Halloween or have some kind of redemptive participation in, that, in, the, in this wicked day. So, yeah, yeah one, go ahead. Uh, one of the things that... You have to, I think, look at is, uh, and we're going to get into this a, a little bit more, but uh, there are evil historical roots uh, in the way that our culture celebrates Easter and Christmas and, and things like that. And we're going to get into that. But when, when I look at Halloween, when we look at Halloween, we don't find any redeeming quality in it. And you have to sort of right. look at the, the main attractions in Halloween. Now, now, first of all, I think that you said something that was really, really, really important, and that was this: that Halloween, the, the it is very, very enticing to your children. 
And so if, if you if you are a parent, if you're a Christian, my I, I would submit that you think very carefully about the sort of things that you're allowing your children to be entertained by because it may start off innocent. You know, your, your child wants to dress up as um, Iron Man or Thor or something something like that. But then you, you look at what, what are the main attractions during Halloween? You have haunted houses. Uh, here in our city, uh, every year it seems like we have this uh, group that, they they advertise for it, but you know, come and come and check out the most haunted places in in El Paso, and those are the things that people go looking for. They they do Ouija boards. They um and there there are uh, satanic rituals going on. This is a satanic holiday, and so you have entertainment that is just strictly demonic, and. You have people going into into haunted houses now. Of course, we have a we have a radio station here that that has a haunted house. It's it, you know it's just all props, but those things it, you just have to ask. I mean, do they glorify God? Do they bring honor to His name? When you're dressing up and going around trick or treating, you're basically telling your kids that you know there's really nothing you know there's nothing wrong with this. And as they get older. I think that they're probably going to be enticed by some of these things, or at least intrigued. And if if they're not, you certainly have to consider the fact that there's a great potential that they'll be enticed by these things. And as Christians, we need to be able to go to God's Word and recognize these things for what they are. They're evil. Now, one of the uh, one of the things that I find very very interesting is that. When we look at topics like these, I think that we can sort of have a similar response to the way that Eve responded to the temptation uh, given by Satan. Uh, in chapter 3 of Genesis, we read of uh, Satan coming to Eve and tempting her. And in verse 6 of chapter 3, it says, So when the woman saw that the fruit was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Now my question to you is this, and as, as, a, as a professing Bible-believing Christian, I, I really hope that you would consider this. How is it that when Eve looked at that fruit, she was able to see that that fruit was good. I mean, think about that. It was it was a delight to the eyes, and the fruit was good. I mean, it was just fruit. It wasn't rotten. It was good. The only way that Eve was a that Eve was capable of looking at that fruit and seeing that it was good was because she failed to look at it in the light of God's word. See, there was something different about that fruit. There was something wrong with that fruit. And, and as Christians, we can have this, this, this problem where we look at something and we say, well, we're not harming anybody. Well, you know, what's the big deal? We see this happen with homosexuality. People will look at homosexuality and they'll say, well, they love each other. And there's real, they're not harming anybody. And they can look at that and they can, they can see wrongly 
They can see that it's good and it's delightful and that it's pleasing because they fail to regard what it is that they're looking at in the light of God's Word. And so that's our challenge today to professing Bible-believing Christians. Are you willing to surrender, to render every thought captive to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Are you, are you willing to, to go and, and look at, like, take a good hard look and compare the culture and look at these things in light of God's Word and, and at least evaluate, is this something that I should be partaking in? Considering the fact that there's nothing more important than, my, than, than your eternal salvation, is this something that I want to allow my kids to dabble in? And, and that, that, would be, that would be my appeal to this. So, Carlos, uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you continue now. Yeah, um, th- those are some very good points. And I think that a big problem, I think, that happens with church folks and with Christians is that they sort of think like, well, well, everybody does it. I mean, what? Th- I've never seen anything bad happen to me or to my kids, and everybody does it. What's the big deal? Like, it's there's no... And a lot of times I think they 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 don't I think a major problem with Christians who celebrate this holiday is basically just ignorance. It's a failure to properly do do your homework um, and investigate what this what this holiday is really about, even though you in some ways you really don't have to do a whole lot of research because it's blatant. this this is a blatant blatantly satanic day. I mean, it's a celebration of horror, it's a celebration of the demonic. And and, it's the, and you also brought up a good point um, about our kids, the, the fact that this is enticing for kids, and it's designed that way. It's designed that way for a reason. It's designed this way to draw kids so that um, Satanists and, and people who, who glory in this wicked holiday uh, can take advantage of children by, by um, you know, enticing them with... with uh, uh, candy and you know we've all heard we we've I remember back in the day you know before I was a Christian when I was younger a lot younger and um, my our parents would always tell us to watch out you know to be very careful with the candy if you see it, it being open or if there's any holes in it or stuff like that you know throw it away so that you know people sort of have a basic understanding of that but it's like you, you don't they don't go any further or, or it's like they just, they, oh, it's okay, just be careful. It's like, well, no, I mean, you don't want to take that risk with your kids. And it's not just our kids. It's 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 just, it's also a matter of, of holiness, of pleasing God. If this doesn't please God, then we shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Um, yeah, it's so, almost uh, what you just said reminded me of the Jackie Lambert um, episode that we did where people will right. sort of have this reaction of, I'm aware of the danger, so therefore... I'm okay, and I'm just going to be careful. It's okay. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm aware, and I'm gonna. I'm just gonna look for razors and the candy apple before right. before I give it to my kids. <laughs> it's like right. I mean, why? I mean, why? Why even do that? Like, I, and so one of the well, okay. I think one of the things that we need to talk about are you know behavioral inconsistencies, and we do need to tackle the. Um, why do we celebrate Christmas and why do we celebrate Easter? Yeah, I, I like to say Resurrection, uh, Resurrection Day for Easter, but uh, and then you know also the days of the weeks and and all of that. So I do want to talk about um, 
the accusation that there's a behavioral inconsistency with us in which we're saying don't have anything to do with Halloween, but then we go and celebrate Easter. So, but before we get there, I, I want to let you continue with, uh, I think, did you have a couple of more Bible verses to read? Yeah, yeah, that's a very important objection, but I do want to cover a few more points here. So right off the bat, participating in this, you know, taking your kids out to trick-or-treat and, and just dressing them up as their superheroes, it, it seems so harmless and uh, it just seems so harmless and like, what's the, what's the problem? What's the big deal? But you go out into the streets and what are you going to see? You're not just going to see a bunch of people dressed up as superheroes. You're going to see a bunch of demons, a bunch of goblins, a bunch of, a bunch of nasty uh perverted uh you know women dressed uh provocatively you you see all kinds of wickedness and you're just you're desensitizing yourself and your kids to that it, there's no there's really no way to escape uh or or redeem this this level of wickedness and perversion in a, in a holiday like this there's just nothing good about it it's it's also what this is also another major pro consequence that, that it has on 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 younger people and our kids because you're not you're you're failing as a parent to distinguish to help them make the distinguish between the sacred and the profane and that's one of the most important things that as kids who grow up in a church that as kids who are who grow up in a christian household this is one of the most important things for for kids to understand they need to draw, know where the line is drawn and they need to know where 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 God's side is and where the say then where uh, you know everything else is and when you don't do that this is what causes so many problems with with kids who start to leave who leave their 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 Christian upbringing because you they see hypocrisy in the home they they don't see the lines clearly drawn and so they don't think it's a big deal and they grow desensitized to it and then they think it's okay to participate in these things and it's okay to participate in other sins and I mean it just becomes it just becomes a sort of a uh, what do they call it like a gateway uh, a gateway drug or whatever it's just it's not there's nothing good about this and, and I don't know if you've heard of this I, I recently heard about even uh, like clowns I heard a news in the news or something like that about there's like a group of clowns throughout the I don't know if it's like isolated inc incidents or if it's like throughout the nation that are actually attacking people attacking trick-or-treaters uh, and even kids and so you know that you need we really need to be careful about this we can't afford to just act like you know we can't be naive and we cannot be uh we can't be gullible about this uh yeah. about days like yeah. these we have a responsibility the bible calls us to be responsible and to not be ignorant of these things and so yeah uh, the, continue with um yeah let me uh, let me just comment on that clown thing um so so that's a fad and i think it started out as a internet fad where people would dress up as clowns and basically act like they were going to kill you and chase you and terrorize you. And I think it basically was initially a prank. Uh, and I haven't, I, I didn't know that we were going to talk about that, but I've, I've heard, and, and I mean, if you can, if anybody out there wants to fact check this, that's fine. I, I mean, this isn't this is something that i can i can be wrong on but i heard that you know there were some some attacks and that they uh, some people actually were attacked and then the other concern is that people who the clowns are trying to scare they are retaliating and uh um 
so either fights are breaking out. I don't know if anybody's been shot yet, but it was a big deal. And some of the schools, even here in our city, and I'm pretty sure that this would be seen elsewhere, but the schools were, were banning clown outfits. One of the things, I mean, public schools, I, I, I think that uh, some of them here allow the kids to dress up on the last Friday before Halloween, which we're actually recording this episode on the last Friday before Halloween and um, clown outfits were, were banned. So anyways, go ahead and continue. Yeah. So in other words, don't be deceived. You know, all throughout the Bible, we are commanded not to be deceived. Do not be naive. Don't be gullible. Don't be deceived. We're not trying to scare people. We're just saying, and we shouldn't be scared. We shouldn't be scared of the devil and of his minions because we have authority and power over them in Christ, in the name of Christ. And so, but but these these days are intended to scare people and to desensitize and immobilize them and make them think that the devil has all this power that he really doesn't have. Not as not if you're a believer. And so, you know, this is not. This is really. This should be a no-brainer. Um, and con so continuing on with the verses here, this is a second Corinthians six, 14 through 17. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has Christ with Belial? What part of, uh, has a believer with an unbeliever and what agreement has a temple of God with idols for you are the temple of the living God. And God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. So again, come out from among them, be separate. Don't partake in wickedness. Don't partake in sin and don't partake in evil. The next verse is the well, first wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I, I apologize for yeah. having to interrupt you. We need to talk about this verse because I think uh, even Len Pettis, who is not here to defend himself, said that this and <laughs> uh, we love you Lynn uh, shout out to my bro Lynn um, anyways so I've I've used this verse quite a bit and there's a common objection that seems to be raised and I think uh, Lynn even said that this was eisegesis by using uh, this verse uh, in in one of his his videos um, um, but anyways the the objection is this that well, that verse is talking about marriage. Have you heard that before? Sure, yeah. And, you know, that. so this verse is talking about marriage. It's, it's not talking about something like Halloween. And what I what I'd submit is that there is a principle, a, a broad principle, that, that if you restrict this to marriage, you're completely ignoring. And so it's not a form of eisegesis. It's, it's actually... It's necessary to draw out the the broader implication of this verse. So, the broader implication is is when when it says for what fellowship has has righteousness with lawlessness, what communion has light with darkness. That's that's as broad as it gets. What if any? Where where in in your life can can you are the light of the world? Where where in your life can you have fellowship with darkness? Can it be in, in case you were wondering? Yeah, and in case you were wondering, the answer to that is none. Yeah, exactly. Can it be in your business practices? 
Can it be in your friendships? Can it be at work? Can you, can you go to church on Sunday and then, you know, three days out of the week have fellowship with darkness? So this, this verse is, is taking a, a broad principle and it's applying it to marriage. But if you, if you just simply restrict it to marriage and say, well, that's just simply talking about marriage, you're completely ignoring the, the broader principle, which is certainly applicable to things like Halloween. Basically, anything that you can identify as darkness, you should ask yourself, what part should I have with that? So exactly. um, did you have anything to add to that? Because uh, I, I've just seen so many people, as soon as, as soon as you say that it's, well, that's talking about marriage. Well, it's, apply, it's a broad principle applied to marriage. So, Yeah, um, the funny thing here in this passage is that we don't have to draw any implications for it because the Bible is giving it straight to us. It's explicit. Um, it says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers in marriage, but then why? The reason why is because there is absolutely no fellowship with righteousness and, uh, and lawlessness, with Christ and the devil, with, with believers and unbelievers. It, they are supposed to be, they are polar opposites. They are not, they are mutually exclusive. They are not supposed to have any overlap and they don't. And so when, when you allow this stuff to happen, you're being inconsistent in your Christian life and something is very wrong. It's not supposed to be that way um, because we are commanded to be holy and we are commanded to be separate and we are commanded to not participate and partake in these. As you can see from the previous verses, this is perfectly consistent with what this text is also teaching. Um, there is, they're mutually exclusive and the Bible is emphatic about that all throughout the scriptures. Um, so yeah, it's, it, this is a very, this is not something, this is not something that that's really up for debate. I mean, people, it's just, it really strikes me as kind of odd when people say things like, well, there's fierce opinions on both sides. And it's like, well, I, I don't see, I don't understand why. I mean, other than the fact that it's probably due to ignorance and not really recognizing just how demonic and satanic this day really is. But, um, the scriptures are very clear about things like this. There shouldn't be any any, um, any, you know, th there should not be an issue. Um, there really well, shouldn't be an issue. I have a theory about that. Can I, can yeah. I give you my theory? Um, so uh, I have to ask a question. So how, how is it possible that, uh, we, you know, all men are created equal, right? Um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank. What is that? The uh, declaration of independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, right? Right. Now, how how is it possible that we can have something like that and then have slavery? How, how is that right. how is that possible? I mean, it, it it's a glaring contradiction. The only way that that's possible is if you redefine what constitutes a man. And so you can you look at uh, an African American and, and you say, that's not really a man. It's not really a, a person, a human. You, you, you redefine what that is, what, what, what they are. And so, right. so then you, you, can, you can say, you, you can hold that truth up and, and sort of you know, sinfully and wickedly justify yourself and say, well, yeah, but, and this, this is exactly what, what Hitler did. He you know, basically 
dehumanize the Jews. This is exactly what happens with abortion. Uh, they, they dehumanize these precious babies, and they say, well, they're not really human. They, they redefine what it is that, that makes you human. Well, this is my theory about Halloween, is that they redefine the they 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 are not people are not willing or, or able to look at that and recognize it the, the holiday for evil they're not able to recognize the the holiday as something that is evil they redefine what it what evil looks like they redefine what it means to be evil and so they look at that and they say well there's no harm and well it's not really hurting anybody and that becomes the basis or the definition of what defines evil rather than going to God's word and saying, hey, is this, is, is this evil? Is, is there anything spiritual in this that, you know, could be a threat? And so my theory is this, is that people can, can because you're saying that this is a no-brainer, right? How, how, can you, how can you look at this verse that says, what part does light have with darkness? They're redefining in their own minds what darkness actually looks like. They're redefining in their minds. They're, they're looking at this at this this holiday just as you know Hitler looked at the Jews and, and said, "Well, they're not really human." They're looking at this holiday and saying, "Well, that's not really evil. That's not really darkness. That's just fun. That's just entertainment." So that's my theory about that. You wanna you wanna comment on that? Yeah, and it's like you pointed out earlier. This is Satan's oldest trick in the book this is his oldest tactic from the very beginning he what he does is try to make sin and disobedience to God palpable and desirable um, this is the oldest tactic that he has and of course nothing has changed he has the same he uses the same thing because um, it, it works I mean it's very effective it, even um, it, this is like you just pointed out I mean we as Christians, when, when we do things like that, we are actually using the same tactics that Satan uses to make sin and wickedness and disobedience to God desirable and palpable. Um, so this is not something, this is not like, I get very, um, you know, we have to have grace with people, even though it can be very frustrating or not, I don't know what the right, it, it, it's just very provoking. Um, to see people act like, well, this is just a Romans 14 issue. This is just an issue of, of your own conscience. And well, if it bothers you, then don't do it. But, you know, you don't have to put that on everybody else because it's just a, it's a Romans 14 issue. It's just a matter of conscience. It's like, well, since when did sin and wickedness become a matter of conscience? This is not, I mean, this isn't supposed to be relative. Um, we're Again, we're talking about light, light and dark, Satan and Christ. I mean, this is polar. Op, this is as black and white as it gets and so um, you know we just we hope to shine some light on that and uh, hopefully this is becoming um, more evident as we continue to discuss this stuff and um, the next verse here this one we're gonna this is the last uh, major verse that we have here so this is in 1st Corinthians 10 19 through 30 it says what do I mean then that a thing sacrificed to idols is anything or that an idol is anything. No, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to become sharers in demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Or do you provoke the Lord to jealousy? 
We are not stronger than he, are we? All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own good, but that of his neighbor. Eat anything that is sold in the meat market without asking questions for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and, the, and, it, and all it contains. If one, if one of the unbelievers invites you and you want to go, eat anything that is said before you without asking questions for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you that this is meat sacrificed to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for conscience sake. I mean not your own conscience, but the other man's. For why is my freedom judged by another's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I slandered concerning that for which I give things? So a lot of people, you, you hear a lot of people saying that this is just a matter of conscience, you know, your own private conscience. This is meat offered to idols. Um, but this is like, how can it be? How can Satanism, death, d d uh, the, the demonic demons and, and horror and all of that stuff, how can, how can that be? a matter of conscience this is not the, the this is celebrated blatantly in this in this holiday um and again we are not supposed to the the same principle is emphatically clear throughout the entire bible you cannot drink the cup of the lord and the cup of demons you cannot partake in the table of the lord and the table of demons we are not supposed to because that that they're they're mutually exclusive once again so I don't know. I'm just thinking. Uh, somebody says, "Well, can I have my candy?" <laughs> because because uh, I didn't I I didn't realize that my candy was uh, offered to idols. You know, um, or what, what's the big deal? Um, yeah, yeah, right. This this is going to bring up. The, the, yeah, that's a good segue into what we need to start talking about because we haven't really discussed the history of Halloween yet, and um, so. Uh, it's probably clear to our listeners now that we believe Halloween is satanic uh, to this very day. Nothing has changed. It's just a, a lot of it is is has been heavily commercialized and 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 sanitized and quote unquote domesticated even by churches. You know, you having you know these alternatives quote unquote of harvest festivals and trunk or treat and all this all this other stuff that people try to do to participate. You know, to do something that's so you know in this in this day and. Um, but but here let's talk about that now. Let's talk about the history of ha Halloween a little bit. So if you actually look at the Satanic Bible, um, written by Anton Lavey, and it's not really written by him. He actually copied a a, a lot of it. I think most of it from uh, Aleister Crowley's uh, Book of the Law, uh, he, which he was basically the guy who he was one of the most wicked men ever. I mean, this guy was extremely wicked. He has he read a he wrote a bunch of really satanic books and. Uh, the Satanic Church uh, is in large part uh, founded or grounded upon uh, Aleister Crowley's teachings, and so are most of the popular artists of our day, like the Beatles, like uh, most of the, uh, you know, M Michael Jackson. Most of these popular artists are very much in tune with Aleister Crowley, uh, Crowley's teachings. So in the Satanic Bible, um, I'm going to quote it in uh, page 67, says this, After one's own birthday, the two major Satanic holidays are Walpurgis Noct and Halloween, or All Hallows Eve. So there you have it. In, in, in Satanism, these are the three most important holidays, and it explains why. Um, so the, yeah, this is for the explanation for your birthday. The highest of all holidays in the Satanic religion is the date of one's own birth. This is in direct contradiction to the holy days of other religions, which, which deify a particular god who has been created in an anthropomorphic form of their own image, 
thereby, show, thereby showing that the ego is not really buried. So he's making the point that uh, uh, birthdays are really a celebration of yourself, and it's therefore glorifying yourself and making yourself to be a god in, in that sense. So that's why they celebrate it as a major holiday, because in Satanism, the number one, the only law in Satanism is to do what thou wilt, which is the whole of the law, to so do whatever you want. And so uh, the, the second holiday is called Walpurgisnacht, and uh, uh, the explanation here is, reads, She, uh, which is uh, St. Walpurgis, or Walpurga, or Walburga, is commemorated at various times, but principally on May 1st, her day taking the place of an earlier pagan festival. Amazingly enough, all of this rigmarole was found necessary uh, simply to condone the continuance of the most important pagan festival of the year, the grand climax of the spring equinox. The eve of May has been memorialized as the night that all of the demon specters of freaks and banshees would come forth and hold their wild revels, symbolizing the fruition of the spring equinox. So, uh, and he gives a story uh, of this saint uh, who was something about, I think she was a nun or something like that. And uh, But it basically that, that holiday, that I think it's a... Uh, uh, if it's a Catholic Church holiday, but you know, celebrating or commemorating that saint, and but it, it coincides with this extremely demonic and pagan holiday of the of the spring equinox, and so now here's the big one, the big Kahuna, which is Halloween. Uh, again, I'm quoting from you know page 67 of the Satanic Bible. Halloween, which is uh, All Hallows Eve or All Saints Day, falls on October 31st or November 1st. Originally, All Hallows' Eve was one of the great fire festivals of Britain at the time of the Druids. In Scotland, it was associated with the time of the spirits of the dead. The demons, witches, and sorcerers were usually active and propitious. propitious. Paradoxically, All Hallows' Eve was also the night when young people performed magical rituals to determine their future marriage partners. The youth of the villages carried on with much merrymaking and sensual revel revelry, but the older people took great care to safeguard their homes from the evil spirits, witches, and demons who had exceptional power that night. Uh, so, I mean, it can't get any clearer than that. And I think, the, you know, a lot of people often are not aware of this, just how, uh, you know, satanic th this is. This is blatant Satanism. This is Satanism at its finest. And the reason Satanists love this holiday so much is because there's so much participation from people who are not Satanists or are, who are supposed to be totally against Satan, namely Christians. Um, any kind of participation in this holiday is basically giving, uh, you're giving credence to that holiday because this holiday did not originate with, with God. It has nothing to do with God and has everything to do with the devil. It has everything to do with wickedness, with, with uh, revelry, Satanism, ev all of the things that are condemned and forbidden in the Bible, to sum it up. Um, I, I want to also read a little bit more here from, um, we're going to post some links to, to some sermons and stuff by other pastors who do a very good job of exposing the wickedness of this holiday. Uh, I drew a lot of information from uh, uh, Pastor G. Craig Lewis, who is one of my favorite preachers, and um, he has some really good information on Halloween. I'm going to read one of his uh, sermon notes. Uh, it's called Tricky Treats. And uh, it says, back in the day, ancient Druids set up Halloween as a day to sacrifice to Satan. Druids offered children because they believed that the fruit of the body was the only true offering to Satan for the sin of the soul. The trick, to, the trick or treat custom was also created by the Druids. When they went to a home on Halloween night, they would demand a child or a virgin for a sacrifice. The victim was the Druids' treat. 
In exchange, they would leave a jack-o'-lantern, which also means night watchman, with a lighted candle made of human fat to prevent those inside the house from being killed by demons that night. When someone fortunately couldn't meet the demands of the Druids, then it was time for a trick. A symbolic hex was drawn on the front door. That night, Satan or his demons would... So basically, they would summon demons to kill uh, somebody in that home because they did refuse to, to give them the treat that they demanded. And so uh, Satan can transform himself into a light bringer or light bearing angel. This means that he is constantly desiring to position himself as one that brings knowledge that we lack as humans, um, like we read in 2 Corinthians 11. During Halloween, special knowledge is given to those in the occult, but it requires blood sacrifices and special rituals involving child sacrifices or the fruit of the body. Deut and Deuteronomy 12.31 reads, You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abom abominable thing that the Lord hates they have done for their gods. For they even burn their sons and daughters uh, in the fire to their gods. So when we take this day lightly, we subject our children to danger, and many will lose their children forever. This is not a day that any Christian should celebrate or recognize as special. The devil desires to cause demonophobia and promote fear on this day. This does something to children when they are taught to be frightened or dress up as demons to frighten others. When they grow up, this may cause hindrances in their ability to deal with the devil when he comes for them. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So this is why children are so... This is why uh, Halloween is, is designed that way to entice children. Because a lot of satanic rituals that um, people get a lot of, of... There's some very wicked and powerful satanic rituals that Satan is due to get a lot of uh, demonically insp insp demonic inspiration or power through child sacrifices of different sorts. And, you, and they don't have to actually kill anybody. They don't have to kill any kids. They can just be, all they have to do is change or pervert them. It can be through various means. And uh, one of the most common means during Halloween is obviously uh, putting stuff in candy, um, uh, like D d d really disgusting stuff like uh, menstrual fluid, sperm, uh, just all kinds of disgusting stuff that people that Satanists do. They they put spells on these on these things and they hand them out to kids so that they can. Uh, and, and it's not just you know, it's not just because people will say, well, you know, churches will try to perform you know these alternatives to 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 uh, to be safer for kids, but honestly. We need to not be so ignorant and not be naive. Satanists are perfectly aware of this, and that's why it's it's a very common practice for Satanists to infiltrate churches, much in the same way that other false uh, religions infiltrate Christian churches. Like uh, like uh, a, another common one is uh, the Hebrew Israelites. They try to infiltrate Christian churches to try to draw people away, and the, and the and the Bible teaches this. The Bible teaches that people from among us will arise. And teach perverse things and try to lure people away, and and there's there's no exception to Satanists and witches. They take they try to uh, disguise themselves as Christians to take uh, to to plant themselves in churches and take advantage of of kids and people in that church on days like this when they have the the trunk or treat or their their fall festivals. There they are. They they this is a very common practice among Satanists. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so let's go ahead and uh, talk about a couple of things that you said. And um, it, I think uh, we need to play devil's advocate, advocate here. And, um, you know, I, I was just thinking, is there a better way to say that? 
do we have to say devil's advocate? I mean, that's a that's a common phrase that everybody uses, but I don't want to be the devil's advocate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah especially especially when we're talking about this this topic. Uh, I, anyways, yeah, uh, you get what yeah. I'm saying. Uh, we want right. to we want to tackle some of the counterpoints. Uh, so the first thing I want to point out is that this is historically satanic, and <laughs> the satanic elements are still in play today. And one of the things that uh, I want to tackle is the issue with uh, Christmas and Easter. And the first thing that I want to ask, if you're if you're a professing Christian, I just uh, I want to ask, what on Halloween are you actually celebrating? So it is a celebration. If you partake, that in that is the question. Yeah, if if you are partaking in that celebration, getting dressed up, doing this, you're actually celebrating something. What what is it that you are what is it that you're celebrating? Because if you're yeah. just going along with the party and and not actually celebrating anything, then really you have no business doing that. It, it, to me it doesn't even make sense. So when you look at days like Christmas, um, Resurrection Sunday, uh, aka Easter, uh, even Fourth of July, um, you know these other holidays. You're actually, or Thanksgiving is is another big one. You're actually celebrating something. You're celebrating something that's that's historic. And at, at Christmas, we we try to, as Christians, we try to draw the attention to to Christ, to the the virgin birth, uh, to the to the nativity scene. And at Easter, we try to draw people's attention to the resurrection. You know, when we celebrate the 4th of July, we remember our Independence Day. When we celebrate Thanksgiving, we're, rem we're remembering a historic event in which we're, we're giving thanks to God. Now, of course, all of these things have been perverted by the culture. We, we know that we get that. But there is some redeeming aspect, and there actually is something to celebrate. Now, my question about Halloween is basically this. As a Christian who is partaking in Halloween, what are you celebrating? Uh, so, Carlos, you said you said something about birthdays, and, and I, I want to tackle that because Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate their birthdays. We're not Jehovah's Witnesses; they're cultic, and um, we we think it's okay to celebrate our birthdays. But you said something about in the in the uh, what you were reading. I, I guess uh, they have a couple of major holidays and one of them is is halloween and the other one is a birthday so let's tackle that together why is it okay to celebrate someone's birthday but not to celebrate halloween yeah right that, that, that's a very common objection to um uh you know if you're gonna get rid of halloween you might as well get rid of everything else too because you, you the the accusation is that you can't be consistent you can't be a consistent uh, hold to this consistently because you're eventually gonna compromise or or do something hypocritically somewhere along the line, and that's why we're 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 advocating a position of balance without compromise. There should be a balance to all of these things. Now, the first thing that we have to recognize is that th there's a difference between not being to a, not being able to avoid something. And, and and having a choice whether or not we want to celebrate or participate in that holiday. So, for example, people will commonly say, well, you know, 
every day of the week is named after a pagan god or goddess. I mean, you have Monday, Moon Day, you have Tuesday, uh, 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 Tuesday, which is, uh, I forget what god that is. I think it's Mars, actually. Um, you have Wednesday, Odin's Day, you have Thursday, Thursday, Friday, uh, Freya, Freya Day, which is, I think, is Diana. And so on and so forth, right? Saturday, Saturn Day, Sunday, the Day of the Sun. All of these days are pagan. We live in a pagan society. We live in a society that is essentially very similar to to Babylon. But that's just the thing. We can't change those days of the week. We don't. We are not living in the nation of Israel where we can go by the you know God's calendar. Our calendar has been that calendar has been replaced by a pagan calendar with pagan days and pagan holidays. Uh, there's nothing we can do about that. And if you want to do something about it, good luck finding a job because, you, I mean, how are you going to, you can't function in society without, without um, acknowledging those days, those Sunday, Monday, whatever, you know, it's, it's not something that we can, that we can prevent or avoid. So there, there's, there's balance there. Um, and, and also, there's also balance in the fact like, you know, every single car that, that, that you pretty much drive has pagan symbols on it and you know all of these th so this is where people start this like where do you draw the line then you know we're not saying obviously we're not saying there's anything wrong with um, be, uh, you know acknowledging the days of the week as our pagan society has has uh, set them up because we can't do anything about that it's it's like Daniel in Babylon but now there's a big difference from something like that to something like Halloween where we have a choice to whether we want to participate in it or not uh, we have no need whatsoever to participate in this holiday and it's the same the same also goes for other days that Christians uh, typically celebrate like a uh, resurrection Sunday or uh, Christ's birth on Christmas so um, you don't have to celebrate those holidays uh, those other days either we don't we're not saying that you shouldn't celebrate those either uh, what we are saying is that you shouldn't compromise with the pagan or the 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 yeah the pagan traditions that have been attached and overlaid to those other days as well because there have been plenty like you said they've all been corrupted and overlaid with paganism in our society and by the Catholic Church and so when we celebrate uh, uh, Christmas we celebrate the birth of Christ what's wrong with that? The Bible doesn't comp doesn't command us to, but there's nothing wrong with doing it. I mean, we, if we want to set apart a day to celebrate Christmas, and in fact, if you look at historically what Christmas was about, there was actually a pagan celebration on uh, to Saturn the the day before uh, Christmas. It was on the 24th, I believe, because that's also I think like the winter solstice, and uh, it's a lot having to do with like the day of the year and things like that. And it was a, it was a very pagan celebration. That the Christians actually started to celebrate uh, as a as a as a counter to that, they celebrated the birth of Christ the the next day, the day after, and so because a lot of people will say, well, Constantine was the one who instituted it and stuff like that, but that's actually not true. Christians celebrated the birth of Christ before that, before Constantine. There is evidence, historical evidence of that, and so um, we there, I have no problem celebrating Christ's birth and celebrating. I mean, I I I. We as Christians, we should do that all the time. I mean, I love to listen to Christmas. Some of my favorite songs and hymns are Christmas music, uh, Christmas hymns. I, I love singing those and, and listening to those all throughout the year. Um, th because that's what, you know, that's a very sharp difference when you're singing, you know, Hark, you know, Hark the Herald, 
well, how does that, what is that song? I, I can't, I'm not even remembering it. But you know, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Silent Light, Silent Night, Holy Night. All of these songs are celebrating Christ as the, as the God King, the God Man, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you brought up a, you brought up a good point that uh, at Christmas time, even, even though there are pagan uh, thing, even though there, there was a pagan influence surrounding that time, we can choose to celebrate the the birth of Christ, and there there's a really good video. Um, I think it's uh, the Star of Bethlehem. I, I would encourage everybody to go and watch that video. Oh yeah, that's an awesome. Yeah. yeah, and so actually, I think uh, I think December twenty fourth, twenty fifth may actually there there might actually be historically. Uh, that might be when the wise men actually did go and see the baby Jesus. And of course he, he wasn't uh, when they came to him, he wasn't still in a manger. Uh, he was a toddler, but right. oh man, he, I, I have two toddlers and <laughs> I think about what Jesus must've been like as a toddler. Perfect. <laughs> Would have been wonderful to, to raise Jesus. <laughs> oh yeah. Toddlers, two year olds. Oh man. That's a, it's a lot of work, but uh, anyways, uh, we can we can actually choose to celebrate something other than Halloween. So just like Christmas, just like um, Easter, when we're actually celebrating something that's Christian, and even though there are uh, pagan attachments to that within the culture, we can choose to celebrate something that is totally Christian on October thirty first, and that's Reformation Day, the the day when uh, Martin Luther nailed the 95 Thesis to the church door in Wittenberg. And so we, we can choose to, to recognize this, this wonderful, glorious work of God. But unfortunately, so many people are, are completely ignorant of the fact that God used this, this event, which I think uh, is 1517, so next year will mark 500 years, uh, to when this when this event took place, God used this to spark the Protestant Reformation and bring the gospel forth uh, in the world once again. Uh, it was being obscured by the Roman Catholic Church, and you know we we can choose to celebrate that. But I also want to tackle the 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 argument that well, what if you celebrate Santa, right? And yeah, you're you're, you're basically showing a behavioral inconsistency now. If somebody wants to argue, well, you know what, you guys are celebrating Santa and the Easter Bunny, and you guys aren't being consistent, what they're pointing to is, is a behavioral inconsistency within us. And a behavioral inconsistency is, is basically when somebody acts in a way that's inconsistent with what they say. So it's basically hypocritical. And that actually works really, really well with somebody like an atheist. Because you can show an atheist their behavioral inconsistencies, especially when it comes to things like morality. If an atheist says, you know, there's, there's no objective moral truth, and then they act as if there's an objective moral truth because they want to hold somebody accountable for something that happened when that person, you know, doesn't even care or doesn't, you know, think that they did anything wrong. So you can show an atheist their behavioral inconsistencies. And the reason that it's so effective, I think, with them to try to 
point them out when they when they occur is because what you're really showing is that the atheist worldview is unsustainable and you're showing that the atheist worldview ultimately um, leads to impossible conclusions or absurdities so so what you're saying is on atheism if your worldview is true you cannot act in a way that that would uphold atheism without it being absurd or it's or it's basically impossible to to live it out so when, when you point out a behavioral inconsistency with with somebody who's celebrating Christmas and celebrating Santa the first thing that I would point out is that it's not impossible to celebrate Christmas without celebrating Santa and neither is it absurd so the behavioral inconsistency isn't really as effective because all you're showing the Christian is hey you're being inconsistent but it's not a position that's impossible or absurd because for centuries uh, people celebrated Christmas without uh, w without Santa and without um, without these other uh, cultural pagan things that w that went along with it, and I'll I'll just give you my take on on the Santa thing. I we are not going to celebrate Santa. We're not going to uh, do these other things. What I what I will do is I will teach my kids about who the person that became the the legend of Santa was, and I will basically choose to focus on on Christ so when you point out a behavioral inconsistency it, it's it's much more effective with with the Christian if Christians are arguing to point out scriptural inconsistencies and basically like, like if you want to defeat our, our position if you want to defeat what we're saying you're gonna have to point out a scriptural inconsistency not a behavioral inconsistency because if, if you point out a behavioral inconsistency then we can just choose to rectify that in light of scripture and we can also point out well it's not absurd and it's not impossible to live out scripture yeah and um so this is why the 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 thesis once again our thesis is balance without compromise and that's why we as 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 discerning christians we want to be careful not to compromise uh on days like these that have been overlaid with paganism and, or with anti-christian things that are not that really have no place for the Christian and uh, 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 Santa is one of those things because and if you look these these are my two biggest problems with Santa Claus um, my first big problem with it is that th this makes no sense to me honestly why a parent would would even bother to promote Santa Claus to his kids like why why would you take the credit from yourself of buying toys for your kids attributed to some fictitious pagan imposter who has who had nothing to do with you buying the toys that you got for your kids to express your love for them and attribute them to somebody who doesn't even exist I mean it makes absolutely no sense to me you why are you taking the credit the, if anything I would want my kids to know Precisely that that they got the toys from me and that because I love them And I want to show my appreciation for them and that they can thank me for for them not some Pagan imposter who has nothing to do with the holiday in the first place You know Santa has nothing to do with the birth of Christ. He wasn't there. Yeah He was a Christian historically and he has a very he has a very awesome testimony 
and it's it you have, he actually punched Arius in the face who was a who was a rank heretic and I mean he gets <laughs> he my vote I, for that I didn't one. know that yeah oh, I didn't yeah. know that yeah he 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 actually got kicked out of his um of his uh, of his church for that I oh, think he man. he they they revoked they revoked his preaching license for doing that I think <laughs> so um he I mean I'm all for 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 the real historical uh, guy but the, he has nothing he's a pagan imposter who is replacing parents to kids like why would you do that it makes no sense and then the other problem of course is that he is a pagan imposter uh, a replacement for for god himself he you know these little pagan songs about santa is like he sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake and he knows if you've been bad or good no he doesn't exist that's that's talking about that's what god is supposed to do i mean well, yeah that, that, that they, the man. right i mean it's describing it's describing um God-like qualities to somebody who never existed in the first place. I mean, he existed, but not this like totally fictitious, you know, jolly, fat, you know, uh, uh, you know, father God type, grandpa God that like, you, you know, it, it is just so absurd. And so that's why we need to be discerning as Christians. Like, the, you can celebrate the birth of Christ and and have no problem. With, you know, the other thing is the, the Christmas trees, right? Because people will say, well, in Jeremiah, it talks about how people cut down trees and, and deck, deck them out with silver and gold. And it's like, but you have to look at the context. I mean, the, the context reads very simply. It says that these people were cutting down trees and forging idols out of them and decking them out with jewelry, with gold and silver. They were idols. Nobody does that. And, and, uh, and another claim is that, uh, that the tree is, represents Nimrod's uh, phallus. Uh, but again, nobody's who does that. Who celebrates Nimrod or or Molech or these these false gods that they were these idols that they were making out of these trees? That's not what Christmas is about. It has nothing to do with that. I don't do that. Do you bow down and worship your tree? I don't do that. <laughs> Nobody does that. No. <laughs> they, do you carve an idol out of it and put a little star on it and like? Obviously not. The the decor in I, I forget where that tradition came from, but um. I th actually, I think it might have something to do with the fact that um, Christians, early Christians, would 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 uh, they would they would on on the birth of Christ, I think they would decorate palms or something like that, something to do with decorating palm leaves, um, and and so th th there is a tradition with Christians to celebrating the birth of Christ, and there's nothing wrong with that, uh, you know. And the other thing now, the other thing is Easter as well, because Easter is totally pagan. I mean. That it has nothing to do with Resurrection Day, and part of the the problem is that there's an overlap because these pagan uh, myths that are attached to Easter uh, are tied to a virgin birth of some sort that predates the birth of Christ, and so that's why a lot of atheists will try to use that to say, well, you, you know, Easter is just a uh, Christ is just a is a copied fable of these previous earlier fables. It's like, well, no, because Christ's birth actually happened. And these fables did never happen. They, there's no, they're fables. So and um, let, yeah, all right. So just just for clarity, let's uh, let's let's talk about some things. So, are you saying we should not put up a Christmas tree? No, not at okay? all. I, I have, yeah, I have no problem. We're we're looking for Christmas trees right now. Okay. I'm just saying, you know, don't carve it into an idol and worship it like in <laughs> Jeremiah. Right, right, right. You know, don't, um, do, yeah. Okay, now that yeah, because I, I I just wanted to be clear on that because you went on you know the talking about how 
the the idols and carving it out and um so we're we're not saying that you shouldn't buy a christmas tree or that you can't buy your kids gifts um the the wise men brought jesus gifts and as a parent so when when i buy my kids a gift i want them to know that that's a reflection of uh who god is and what he's done for us and so that's that's partly my motivation and not telling them hey this this fictitious figure snuck into our house through a chimney which our house doesn't even have a chimney so it, it really wouldn't even work but he snuck into the house he broke in gave you gave you gifts <laughs> you know I, I want them to know what a father's love looks like and and you know love from their mother as well I want them to know what that looks like and what I mean it's a depiction of, of who God is and the fact that God gives us the gift of his son. And so there's nothing wrong with gifts. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with Christmas trees. But then, then you, you talk about um, Easter. And I think, I think this is, you know, I can just imagine how many people were upsetting right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to upset people. I, it's almost like Paul saying, "Have I now become your enemy because I've t I tell you the truth?" And, We're trying to just shed some light on this. We're, yeah, because yeah. these these are things that that have um, cultural. It, it, it's part of the culture, and it's it's deeply entrenched in in the way that we think, the way that we do things, and so I, I mean, I could imagine that for somebody, you know, out there they might be getting upset because we're just ruining Christmas for them and we're ruining Easter for them. You know, grandma loves to, you know, grandma and grandpa love to do the, the, uh, the Santa Claus thing. And that's, <laughs> that's not our, that's not our intentions. So the, the other thing is, I mean, if you have family that, because this, this is my dad's birthday is uh, December 24th. So every every year we celebrate Christmas and my dad's birthday. And my dad loves Santa. My my dad loves that tradition. And so I don't think that you should go in and start a war with your family. And and I mean especially if they're not Christian, if they're not saved and start a war with them. I think that if you have this personal conviction, you should just try to live it out. And I think that you should really consider what God's word says, but then we get into Easter and the Easter egg hunts and, and all that stuff. And my question then is, should we be doing Easter egg hunts? Should we be putting something out for our kids in the morning on, on Easter and say, well, the Easter bunny came and left you some, some goodies? Should we be doing that? So let's go ahead and yeah. tackle that. Yeah, right. And, and just to kind of bring the point home a little bit you notice the contrast of this is an amazing contrast between halloween and christmas when you have people who are not satanists participating in this holiday including churches and church folks christians participate thinking it's okay to participate in a satanic holiday whereas opposed to in christmas you have people this is amazing how you have people who are not even christians singing these these hymns that are totally glorifying the birth of Christ and they, they are odes to 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 God to, to the God man Christ Jesus it's just amazing I actually went to a play uh, in a, a military play in Fort in in 
they they were putting on a show, and yeah, they had a lot of pagan stuff, you know, they had Santa Claus and all that stuff, whatever. But they were also they actually sang some of these dearly beloved hymns, uh, uh, Christmas hymns, and it's it's just kind of amazing. You see, you see the influence is totally the opposite of of you know light and darkness, and so yeah, that's why again, um, the the. the the position to be to to that we're trying to to promote with with believers balance without compromise you know don't compromise with the pagan aspects of these other days that have nothing to do with that day and that that are basically they're really they're they're compromised because they compromise you know they compromise god and the bible and and they are something that should not be they're they're inconsistencies and yeah, of course, you know, you bring up a good point. Like, you don't need to start World War III with your family who is not who aren't believers. That you have to have, you can't judge them because they are not Christians. And so, um, but that's why we are appealing to Christians to be careful with this stuff. And so um, now Easter. So Easter, uh, Easter is basically another. Uh, what it really means is Ishtar, and Ishtar is Ashtoreth, which is also Diana. Who is also, uh, I think, Samiramis. It's the same pagan story, basically reworked all throughout cultures, throughout society, throughout the history of the world. And it's it reflects a sort of virgin birth with Nimrod, and um, uh, you know Nimrod being the 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 male god and Samiramis or Tammuz. No, I think Tammuz is is, Nim, is Nimrod. Uh, Samiramis being the, uh, the 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 female goddess. And having this this virgin birth, uh, which which in, which gave birth to uh, Horus, and so that that you know the the Ziad guys movie made try to make a lot of claims about this this story and stuff. A lot of the parallels aren't even very they're very shallow. Um, some of them technically aren't even virgin births. They were like, you know, the the god like was erected out of a rock or you know just weird things like that. But it, they're not really parallels. It, they're loosely you can say in, to some extent they they might be, but. Um, even that's questionable, but in any case, all this stuff about Easter bunnies and, and eggs, that's totally pagan. That's a completely pagan false religion celebration that has been historically uh, recognized with, with uh, worship to Diana. And Diana, by the way, is also the one who became Mary in the Roman Catholic tradition. And so the goddess, the, the queen of heaven, in other words, that's Diana, that's, that's Ashtoreth, that's, uh, that's uh, Ishtar. And the Queen of Heaven is also not coincidentally the Mary in the Roman Catholic tradition. And so uh, the, the issue with that is that Diana or Ishtar was a Roman, she was a, uh, a pagan goddess of fertility. And so bunny rabbits obviously are very, uh, they're very reproductive. They, they produce, you know, they have very high, they produce a lot of, a lot of, they copulate a lot, or I don't know how you say that. They have a lot of babies. They have a you lot. Say of they're very fertile. They're very yeah. They 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 reproduce a lot. That's why Easter is associated with rabbits because they reproduce a lot, and that's why it's associated with fertility goddess. They take um, the uh, the command to be fruitful and multiply very seriously. <laughs> yeah, right. And so um, the the issue with that is, and there's also a pagan tradition that if you eat the gods. That you worship, it also blesses you, or it gives you that ability to be fertile. In the case of Diana or or Ishtar, um, to be fertile. So that's why you do have chocolate rabbits and chocolate uh, eggs to eat them. And, and this is like totally pagan, and a lot of people aren't even aware of this stuff. Like it, it comes from somewhere, 
and it's, it has nothing to do with Christ. It's actually a totally opposed. It's 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 false religious. It's false religious worship, and um, a lot of Christians, when they participate in this, they're indirectly participating in a completely false religion, religious uh, practice. And so Resurrection Sunday has nothing to do with that. That's why you can still, there's nothing wrong with celebrating the resurrection of Christ. You know, and, and what, as Christians, really, what we should do is celebrate that every Sunday. Because that's what really, that's that was basically part of the whole reason why Sunday was chosen, um, uh, by and large, why so many churches now celebrate on Sunday was, was precisely for that reason. Because uh, the, uh, Christ, uh, and the, you know how the Bible says that this, the, the, there's a Christ rose on Sunday. So um, again, we have to have a balance—a balance without compromise, without compromising. Be in the world, but not of the world. And a lot of times, it's just a simple matter of doing your homework. And so, um, just to, uh, go, did you want want to add something to that? Uh, I'm thinking. Um, I'm trying to think of any any other objections that that may come up. I'm actually. Um, I wanted to address that next. Okay, uh, go for it. Yeah, j just go through the list of of objections that we kind of uh, made made no make note of. So one thing that I heard from from other so some of the other podcasts in our network is uh the 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 concept of like well I, I don't see any witches like. There's no witches like that, like the ones in the Bible that are condemned in Deuteronomy 18. You know, necromancers and witches and sorcerers and stuff like that. Like that, that doesn't really happen anymore. Um, and so th this really, this is actually very startling because it, it shows a severe lack of, of, of understanding with how the enemy interacts in our world today. And, you know, Satan is not stupid and neither are his followers. You know, Satanists, they don't look like these 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 creepy guys uh, in the middle of the street, like, you know, blatantly, um, you, you know, yeah, you have the goth culture, which is very blatant about things like that. They look like dead people and they, they wear dark stuff and things like that. But you're you're the, the really influential Satanists, the, the real, real Satanists, the religious Satanists look like everyday people. They look like you and me. And that's why. They can infiltrate churches. Well, I think um, I think it's really important to, and, and I would I would encourage people who sort of fall into that mindset to th really think about what does it mean that Satan can present himself as an angel of light. Exactly. Like meditate on that. What is that? What does that mean? He can present himself as something that is innocent, and that's exactly, exactly that's exactly what's happening here. It's well, I don't see those types of witches, but you know, we can dress up as a witch and that's that's innocent. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with that. And that that's exactly yeah. that, that's really exactly the the fulfillment of of that scriptural verse where Satan is presenting whatever it is in in a way that that is innocent, non-threatening and it's good. And so that that would be my appeal with with that. And then, um, you know, could, so yeah, I'll let you go ahead and continue. Yeah, right. Because this is why this is how Satanists operate in society. They're not stupid. Sat Satanists are judges. Satanists are nurses. Satanists are cops. 
And there's a reason for that. They infiltrate every aspect of society so that they can have access to blood and murder and get away with it. That's so why how can uh, we go ahead. I think one of the one of the difficult things that comes up is how can we talk about this without without sounding crazy without sounding like a, cons a conspiracy nut and right. that's kind of it's kind of what I want to tackle is be or I, I mean I, I want to acknowledge that when we talk about this there are going to be people out there who are going to think wow you guys are really you guys are conspiracy nuts none of that's going on in my neighborhood nobody is sacrificing children we grew up celebrating halloween every year as kids and we all survived nobody got sacrificed um so we do need to we do need to to acknowledge that and and, and sort of talk about that because you know we we, yeah, we don't right. we don't want to we don't want to spin you know myths and conspiracy theories uh we want to we want to tackle this responsibly right and uh so needless to say it's not very hard to see that our society is pretty anti-christ it's pretty satanic uh th that there's nothing really that that this should not be a surprise for people um, our society is very corrupt and it's very it's on a moral down we're sliding towards hell so quickly that people are not even going to have time to like to to i mean just look at the rate in which our nation is just totally falling uh it's becoming uh, uh it's almost like judgment is just basically imminent and we are yeah. being judged already i mean well, god is already handing us over as a nation i mean it's that's not a surprise and like you we just pointed out once again in the verses satan disguised himself as an angel of light and so do his ministers they will look normal to you um, right and the other thing so, so yeah. here, here here's my appeal is even if you are in a great neighborhood and you know you can say well I, we've never seen any of that just because you've you've never seen any of it does not mean that stuff like it this doesn't, doesn't happen. That this doesn't happen. Yeah. And right. so I would submit that you just I mean from from reading what from the Satanic Bible earlier that there are people who legitimately worship Satan, and that these things actually do happen on on. Uh, on this day, but more than that, I mean, you look at. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there again. You look at what 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 are the attractions of this day? It's haunted houses. Okay, what what is a haunted house? Do and we almost kind of have to do a, a study on this, Carlos. Do you, do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe that that you can you can go into a place and it's a haunted house and you know, some kid died, and and that's another thing that I've I've really started to pay attention to a little bit more, and I think that it's because I have children. That's another thing that I cannot stand. I can't stand this. I want to throw a rock at the TV every time I see this. Is how much children 
are used in these in these movies where yep. you know satan is uh so, something i mean you have oh what was the movie with uh i don't even know and i don't even want to promote it but where kids are used in a demonic way and so you look at you look at the heart that jesus has for children uh he tells that he, he i forgot the verse it's in luke um but he says, if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble who would believe in me, it's better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and cast yourself into the, into the ocean. That's one of the, one of the, I think, biggest threats that Jesus makes. Exactly. And, and oh, so yeah. you look at his heart for, for children, and then you look at how children are being used in these movies to, I, I mean, they're, they're being possessed by the devil. They're, they're. I, it just, I can't stand that. And so I kind of forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> but let me see if I can, uh, I think I got so provoked by by just, you know, how children are used that I completely forgot what I was, where I was going with that. So I'm going to try to think about what I was saying and let you say something. Yeah. Yeah, I'll keep going. Um, so, as you can see here, we've laid out, we've presented a lot of information, and so this is not something that we as Christians should dismiss as sort of like, uh, well, you know, it's just whatever. You can do it if you want to or not. I mean, there's a there's a lot at stake here, um, your kids especially, and so um, the the point about the way. Satanism operates in society in the Antichrist spirit all of this is is imminent and it's becoming more and more blatant in our society um, you, you know even just the fact the simple fact that like um, you, you, a lot of what these Satanists do is that they start abducting they start abducting kids um, throughout the beginning of the month of this month in October so that they can use them for child sacrifices and and you know, you you a lot of times you you when you we used to see more often missing kids pictures in like milk cartons and things like that. You don't even see that uh, that much anymore. I mean, it's just so commonplace now that and and of course you have inf you have Satanists infiltrating. And this is what the Bible says. the 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 Bible says that the that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Why are we supposed to pray for our rulers? Because we are, and who are we supposed to be fighting? It's the principalities and the, and the people, the spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan is in charge, is is in charge, basically, of the, of all the corruption and, and of this nation. The, the the this stuff is how Satan. It, this is precisely the means that Satan uses to get his work done in the world. And so, so do you, um, do you think uh, so? Do you think things like that still happen? Because absolutely, I, yeah. And I, you can I used and, to, and go ahead. Well, I used to hear stories about people sacrificing black cats, um, or something like that. But um, if you, you know, don't think the stuff is real, if you don't think the stuff is real, you can you can find any website. Or, or look, and I, I'm not saying to do it. You really should not. You need to be careful about this because it is real. You can find it if you want to find it. You can look up books, satanic book. You can read the satanic Bible for one thing. I think Christians should read the satanic Bible. I, I mean, if you're ready for it, you have to well, be. You, you this know, is not something you should take lightly. But 
Um, Wait a minute. So we we actually do need to talk about that because we one of the things that I think that people are ignorant of is the spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. In in Matthew seven twenty one through twenty three, um, you know Jesus is saying, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven." And then he says, "Many will say to me on that day," and he uh, he lists three things out. Let me see if I can pull up that verse. Yeah, so here it is. He says, uh, "On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name?" And so, one of the things that I think I think prophesy in, in your name. I think I, I don't think that that's uh, being a prophet of of old. But one one of the things he says is that many will say, uh, "Did we not cast out demons in your name?" And so Jesus is acknowledging that this, even though that these these people are appealing to their good works as the basis for their salvation rather than finding hope in Jesus. But one of the things that he acknowledges is that there are going to be many people who are going to use his name to cast out demons. And I would say Roman Catholic priests fall into this category because they believe a false gospel, yet they do cast out demons in Jesus's name. And so we have to recognize that the this, and I think, I don't know if it's the Reformed community, I think may have difficulty sometimes seeing this the spiritual, you know, what takes place, that, you know, there are still demonic possessions. But that is something that I think is scriptural, that, that really does happen. And we have to be mindful of that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that, that is... Un- that's a very unfortunate problem with uh, sort of certain fundamentalist uh, strands and yeah, a lot of reformed uh, churches and, and folks, they don't really focus a lot on, on this kind of stuff. And as real as it is, and we are, Christians of all people should be more aware of this than anybody else. I mean, and, and I think it's very important for people to see just how ugly it really is. You know, you need to sniff some of the smelting salts and and see for, see it for yourself, you know. If you really, but you, you do have to be careful because this stuff is real. You keep, I mean, you keep, like these these spell, Zonder. In fact, it's funny because back when I was a King James onlyist, um, one of the criticisms that uh, the the against the NIV was that it was published by Zondervan, which also publishes an encyclopedia of spells. Uh, so. You know, and in the Bible, in the book of Acts, there was a bunch of people when they got saved, they threw away all of their scrolls, all of their spells, all of their witchcraft books. And I mean, all of this stuff is demonic and it's real. The devil uses all of those things to, 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 to spread his influence and to terrorize people and demonize people, to steal, kill, and destroy, like the Bible says. And right. so, and, and, uh, you know, yeah. just on that note, that um, Satan really is out to. Satan really is out to get you. I mean, I, it might sound weird saying that, like like he's the boogeyman, but if you are going to research these things, I would say be careful, because yeah, once I mean, you don't want to d- don't go out and do science experiments. Don't go out and and do with those. Oh man, that that 
stupid TV show where those three guys go into haunted places. Don't do that because there are, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier when I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, don't uh, be about, stupid. about the ghosts. Well, about the ghosts. Like Carlos, do you do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe that that you know some some kid? And then I got I got cut up on the kids. Uh, but do you believe that somebody says you know oh this kid died and and this kid uh, you know the, the the ghost of this kid is in this house? Do do you believe that? I don't. They're, they may, in, I'm pretty sure in if there is something. In no, no. Those, okay, uh, so, so let's. Is, uh, okay, so so, I was uh, yeah, I was giving you sort of a test question. Yeah. Oh yeah. All I'm there, saying is there's that if, there's a spirit. If there is there. some, yeah, there, it's a demon. There, exactly. If there's anything, they're demons. Exactly. Yeah. It is not the spirit of some loved one. The Bible says, uh, Hebrews nine twenty seven, it is appointed for a man to die once and then comes to judgment. So, so if if you are wanting to talk to your your dead loved ones, you're speaking to demons, and when you go into haunted places, this is so stupid. When these TV shows, these guys go in with their cameras and they try to get all scientific and you know the the energy levels and all this stuff, they go into these haunted places, and, and these are the attractions during Halloween. They go into these places and they they're you know, there's a story behind what happened, and you know, there's a, there's a, yeah. an apparition of some lady that fell off a balcony. Whatever, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even care, because every single encounter is an encounter with a demon, and when you dabble with that, that can have severe consequences in your life. That can bring something home. As, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the guys from that TV show, um, Ghost Adventures. Uh, I think one he had an encounter with some some spirits, some demons, and they basically followed him home, and they tormented his wife and basically ruined his marriage. And so, if you you know you can you can look this stuff up, you can do some research, but once again. Find a balance. Don't dabble in it. Be very careful with what you have. You know, don't start collecting satanic objects. Don't start bringing that stuff into your home because you, I, the other. I mean, just go to God's word. Go to God's word. Surrender to that. Exactly. Recognize that these things are evil. That just because you don't see the the satanic sacrifices going on in your neighborhood doesn't mean that they're not happening. Doesn't mean yeah. that this day is not legitimately recognized by Satanists as their holiday to glorify Satan, and so I, that that would be my appeal. It's funny that I that actually I remembered what I was saying when I asked you earlier, you know, about the kid and the ghost because I I I was triggered because I can't stand that these these movies use kids. I can't stand it. Yeah, and that brings up this brings up another very important point is that Satanism manifests itself in different in in somewhat different ways, but there's a common there's a very common factor in all forms of it, and that is child sacrifice. Child sacrifice is common in all forms of it, and what the reason I say this is because uh, if you look at the Catholic Church and the, uh, the pedophilia with priests, that is a form of it. That is very much a form of it, and that is exactly uh, 
what happens with with days like in Halloween and you have taking advantage of kids and all of those types of things that's what Satan is after he is after you know and, and for people to be I, I hope I hope you know Christians are not as naive to think as the devil is not coming after them personally because the Bible you're, you're just not reading your Bible if, if you don't think that's true because the Bible plainly repeatedly says that the, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour you need to be on guard it's not just a matter of you know you, you we cannot be just like in the fence or or, or nonchalant, nonchalant about this we have to be on our guards you know when you see things like and a lot of people will also think like well I don't part you know I don't go out looking for that stuff so it's not gonna affect me well you need to, do you really or do you are you just not really examining your life as carefully as you should because are you watching horror movies uh, are you are you watching movies that glorify sin and, and uh, entertainment if you're if your entertainment is cussing you out or throwing demons in your face and things like that then there is something wrong with you and you are inviting you're inviting ungodly foul spirits into your home and um, it you know people often don't connect the dots with things like this when when uh, after after things like that and they start seeing a lot of times what happens is that their kids start start behaving differently and they start behaving more erratically and more um, un, unruly and uh, they start to be more uh, deviant and those are those can very well be manifestations of, of something uh, getting into your house your home unsuspectingly and and messing with you or your kids and so um, and it's yeah. sad. It is so sad. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, the other thing is, um, I'm going to draw a parallel here. Here, I will say that we are under the judgment of God. God, this nation is experiencing the outpouring of God's wrath of abandonment, and we are very much under the judgment of God. You look at what has happened. Uh, I mean, we, we've been murdering, as, as a people group, as a society, we've been murdering babies uh, for, for years now. I think it was like 50 million lives lost in that, in that Holocaust of abortion. And, and when I say... It doesn't matter, it's finest. Yeah, and when I say that we are under God's ju judgment, here's what a lot of people think. Well, where's the calamity? What do, you, what do you mean? Like thing, things appear fine. You know, I go to work, I come home, things are great. It's a beautiful day. How is this God's judgment? They're sort of looking for the Sodom and Gomorrah moment where God's judgment is, is going to rain down, you know, fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah for their, for their sins. And, and eventually that may happen. But what they, what they don't realize is that a lot of times the effects of this take years to play out and so you you may be thinking well there's nothing uh, you know you, you're talking about all this stuff with your children and my children are doing just fine and and, and you're, you're not mindful of the fact that there could be seeds of of doubt seeds of discourse seeds of of rebellion seeds of uh, just basically desensitizing their heart, searing their conscience. These things are taking place in their youth, and they're going to have 
a very serious and real effect later on in life when they they don't have a conscience that that is is pricked whenever these things happen their consciences are seared and you see this with the, the homosexual agenda the homosexual agenda wants to infiltrate disney movies movies with with kids and start and uh i, I angry birds we we just uh we we bought the movie angry birds uh because i was like okay this seems innocent enough we bought the the movie angry birds for my kids to watch the yellow bird in that in that movie is a homosexual it, it's wow. it's, a, it's a boy it's a boy bird and he he, he acts very femi feminine and I, I was watching that and i was like this this bird is is a male but he's acting very feminine and it's it it was it was odd to me and then he has a a moment where he he fantasizes about another bird a male bird and he's fantasizing about that bird that's in a kids movie and so these things are meant to desensitize your kids and you're you're giving this warning you know to to christian parents to really consider these things because from what they they desensitize the kids in this generation and then in the next generation it gets worse and then the next generation it gets worse and and this is how you destroy a society this is how you destroy a, a people group and so it's important for christians to recognize that hey you know my kids may seem fine right now like no harm they're dressing up as as iron man but when they get older and, and you know, they want to dress up, at, they, they, if you attend any adult Halloween party, there's going to be people with uh, provocative costumes that are meant to entice the flesh. There, there are things that are going to be like the haunted houses and, and going and looking for, uh, you know, places that are, that are haunted with ghosts. Those are, the, those are the attractions. Those are the entertainments. None of those things glorify Christ. So that, that's my appeal to, to parents out there is to, to recognize that, hey, if you're not seeing the calamity right now, it doesn't mean that it's not a threat. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't consider the, the long-term effects that this could potentially have on your, on your children. Yeah, that's a good point because, you know, even, and even if, even if, you know, you can, you, you, even if you don't see anything wrong with them, or, or whatever, that's still not an excuse to continue doing it. Because if God is not pleased with it, and if God doesn't want us to do it, don't do it. it you, you're not supposed to do it. But yeah, the consequences by and large, it, it, it's you, it, it's very, I, I would say that it's pretty much close to impossible for this to not affect your, your, your kids. Because kids are, are by definition, a, ch a child is somebody who is still maturing, who is still impressionable, and these things can have very real, can and do have very real consequences. And think about it. Just think about the fact that, like, you see the statistics of the vast majority of kids uh, raised in churches leaving. You know, like w w I forget what the percentage was, like seventy-five percent or two-thirds or something like that. You have kids growing up in Christian homes, supposedly, and and you know, raised in churches, and they leave. You know, why is that? I think by and large is because the church and the parents fail to draw the line between the sacred and the profane. And this has very much 
relevant. This has everything to do with that. And so just keep that in mind. We, you know, think, keep that in mind. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think that most parents, they love their children and they, uh, especially Christian uh, parents out there, because that, that's who we're appealing to. They love their children and, and they want the best for them. And so I would just say, go to battle for them spiritually guard, guard their, their hearts and their, their minds. I mean, we're supposed to love Christ with all of our, our, our heart and our mind guard their minds. Yeah, that, that, that's my appeal because can, my, my greatest fear, and I, I'm just going to get a little bit personal here. My greatest fear that I'm not in ministry. I'm, I, you know, I, I work as a fireman. I, I was reluctant to tell people that at first and, Word got out, and I. And so, I mean, if I if I receive any persecution for you know bringing a bad name to the fire department because I'm I'm trying to live out my Christianity, that's fine. But uh, I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. But the, the reason that I I do these things and I I study these things is because you know let's say I die in a fire tomorrow. Well, my kids are young. I want to leave them a legacy. I want to leave them with something that that tell that points them to Christ. My greatest fear as a parent is that my my children wouldn't be saved. Yeah, that yeah. that is that is. I mean, if you if you think about how real the spiritual is, if you think about how the fact that there are people who die and go to hell, and this this is real. To, to to be under the the damnation of God to to be under the condemnation of of God that that's my greatest fear is that my my children would not come to the Lord and I know that I'm so grateful that it's not up to them <laughs> because if it was up to them they would never choose God uh, I, I'm I'm grateful that we serve a a loving God who who chose to love me and has saved me and has saved my wife. We're, we're both Christians. We both love the Lord and we, we both pray for our kids daily. And I think that, you know, that as, as a Christian, it's like, don't, don't risk it. Don't, don't even go there. Draw a line in the sand. The, the worst thing that could ever happen is, is as a parent is to have to face the you know the terms that your child is is not a believer and that your child is under the the wrath of God, and so I know and and here's the thing I, I know that there are parents out there who are struggling with that, who are dealing with those situations. I know people personally who they they did everything they could they they raised their kids in in Christian homes and their Christ, their their kids fell away. I know that there are people out there who are struggling with that, and I, I would just say continue to battle for them every day, preach Christ to them every day. So that that would be my my plea to to parents out there. Yeah, um, there's a reason why some of the some of the most uh, severest uh, warnings that Christ uh, makes um, against are people who. Uh, cause little ones to stumble and you do not want to fall in that category because there will be uh, 
you're going to wish that you had a millstone tied around your neck and you were tossed into the ocean rather than to have to face the wrath of God for causing these little ones to stumble. Um, you need, we, we really need to take that seriously. And, you know, this one verse, if, as, as if what we haven't discussed is enough, this one verse should basically settle the whole thing. I mean, like what this uh, first Thessalonians, uh, I forgot to mention first Thessalonians 5 22. It says abstain from every form or the very appearance of evil. Abstain, refrain from, do not participate in. It's the same. It's the same message and principle throughout the entire Bible. Um, it's just that simple. And if you would have to be deceived on an incredible level for you to not think that there are appearances or forms of evil in Halloween. I mean, that just, you know, God help you if, if, if you don't see it, you know, because <laughs> it's so obvious. I mean, but, 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 but in the, <laughs> that's, I know that's almost, that's almost like a, like a, like all we can do is pray for you now. <laughs> like, yeah, Lord, well, may the Lord help you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get um, your head out of the dirt. Yeah, please. And, and, you know, I know we're running a little long here, but I think we're presenting a lot of really, really important information. Well, and I think, um, I think I'm also trying to be careful because I know that this is people, people get passionate about this. And I know that I'm, I'm anticipating, yeah. I don't know, but I'm anticipating that you and I are going to take a lot of heat for this. I'm anticipating it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of like, like when we took yeah. on uh, New Covenant Theology. <laughs> Boy, was that a mess. <laughs> yeah, but, and you know, go, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, Len, Len's video. Len is, is certainly welcome to engage us on this and dialogue with us on this. And um, we, we welcome it because we, we do think that it's a serious issue. But the reason we're trying to be careful right now though the reason that we're we're running a little bit long is because uh, about this one subject is because we we think it's pretty prevalent within the christian community and we know that <laughs> we're we're going to upset some people and i'm anticipating that we're going to take a lot of heat for this which is fine uh, i'm i'm I, i've been yeah. in the minority so many times that I think I'm I'm starting to be okay with it, so I'm, I'm yeah, fine with it. We're we're getting pretty comfortable now, forming our little grooves in the minority. So um, this is starting to become a, a lifestyle for us. But in any case, yeah, there seems to be a lot of the overall impression I get is that a lot, maybe even most of the people, of the listeners, and of the the network, the 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 podcast seem to hold a view that it's okay to participate in Halloween and it's okay to, you know, quote unquote, redeem it somehow and, and things like that. So that's why, you know, I'm very concerned. Uh, we were very provoked and we, we do, we want to be thorough because this is not such a simple, this is not as simple as it, as a lot of people might think it is. And so um, it does take a lot of time to kind of show a lot of the, 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 the history and, and so on and so forth. So, so um, let's let's talk about that redeeming it because uh, I want to talk about harvest festivals, and then I want to talk about um, you know the the Romans fourteen passage, and sort of tackle yeah, and, that. Yeah, and right, right before yeah, but just before we get to that, I, I did want to say this as well. Um, when it comes to 
uh, Halloween and things like this with with respect to our kids I just went blank shoot I uh, and this is a really I wanted to make a very important uh, point about this um, oh man that was that's very frustrating it was a uh, with respect to kids I man that's frustrating um, yeah, let's continue. Let's what, continue. What we were talking, we were talking about uh, the fact that we we're going to take a lot of heat for this. Um, oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, thank you. So, boom, trigger. What, what? If you want to see some examples of this, uh, of of what we're talking about, you can look up a myriad of testimonies of former Satanists who have come out of who have come out of uh, Satanism, and they can exp they they share their testimonies. On YouTube, you can look them up. Uh, you, be discerning, of course. I mean, not you, you have to be discerning, but there's plenty of stuff out there that you can look into. Former Satanists, former witches, former uh, uh, sorcerers, wizards that that can verify and correlate pretty much everything that we're telling you, um, because they were insiders and they know how this stuff works. And we and but of course, and that's why I, I also wanted to just kind of. You know, bring the other point home about witches and and Satanists and sorcerers. Like these people operate in society in different ways from what you. Ex we're so desensitized from movies and we're so conditioned by movies, which we shouldn't be. Of of a specific image of a witch or of a sorcerer or a wizard, he has to wear a funny hat or a, you know they wear funny hats and they 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 fly around in brooms and, and which is which by the way is actually a phallus. That's a there's a there's a reason for that and it's. It's just it's tied to so much demonic spirit of Jezebel and and just you know it's very wicked. But but witches look like everyday people. They operate like everyday people. They they operate. They have jobs and they. It's kind of like the movie. I forgot what the movie is called, but there was a movie where the the these Nazi guys they, these these were Nazi inspired white guys that they were they had bald heads, and they were uh, sympathizers with Nazism and and uh, Hitler. And uh, they they shot they shot up a school a college, and uh, at the end of the movie, the guy that says something very interesting. He says that uh, he he's telling this one guy because this 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 guy was really smart and he dis, he he joined them he joined their little Nazi group, but he he killed himself I think and and this guy was saying like look, we need people like him, we need people to climb up the ranks and to get established in positions in society so that we could be more effective and spread our our agenda and it's that's exactly what Satanists do it is very very much what Satanists do so don't be deceived don't be naive witches are are you know witchcraft is and and sorcery a lot of it is is things that you know we have we cannot be ignorant about these things you know drugs are a form of sorcery pharmakia that's the greek word for pharmakia and sorcery pharmacy it's the same word so drugs uh that's why drugging candy d using drugs using all of those things are tied with demonic activity because that's what satan operates uh uses to operate so uh, and that and it's condemned in the bible obviously sorcery uh, uh summoning spirits all of that is condemned in the bible um and so, yeah, going now, going on to the whole thing about redeeming Halloween and redeeming, uh, you, you know, providing an alternative, a safer, sanitized alternative to Halloween 
for for Christians or whatever. So I read this article by uh, Jelly Telly uh, about the, the the history of Halloween and uh, how Christians should respond and things like that. And and, uh, and these are the guys who I think made a uh, Veggie Tales and What's in the Bible, which is which is actually I really like the What's in the Bible series. I recommend it for for people and their kids. It's a very good series for the most part. There's some there's some issues with it, but uh, by and large, it's very good. But but this article was very disappointing because it basically reflects the very common opinion that that Christians have about redeeming, thinking that they can redeem this holiday. And uh, as we already pointed out, the Bible is very clear that we are not supposed to partake, we are not supposed to participate in, we are not supposed to have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Not partake, but expose. Not redeem, but expose as evil for the evil that it is. And so when you have, and, and I already know what people are probably going to say. They're going to say, well, doesn't God redeem us? Aren't we corrupt sinners and wicked and all that stuff? Yeah, but we're people. We're people who are made in God's image. This is something, this is a practice. God does not redeem a corrupt or an evil practice. That has never happened in the Bible. It ne I challenge anybody to find something like that. It does not happen. It does not exist. God never redeems a corrupt culture or a corrupt tra uh, tradition or, or, or pagan practice. It's unheard of. Why? Because, it, because it's sin. How, why? What do you, you know, how, if that's the case, if we can redeem something as evil as Halloween, then let's try to redeem pornography too. Let's try to redeem uh, smoking crack. What's the alternative to those things? You know, like, well, the obvious question, the obvious answer is nothing. Some things you shouldn't be doing in the first place. So why would you provide, provide an alternative to something like that? We don't provide alternatives. You know, some Christians, I, I've actually heard of, of Christian porn sites. It doesn't, you know, but it's, it, it it it's I guess it's easier for for Christians to think that that's obviously wrong, but it, the same thing applies to something like Halloween. This shouldn't be such a disconnect. Yeah, so you're uh, you're basically saying that having a harvest festival as an alternative is an attempt to redeem the day. Um, that is, and, and basically, uh, people dress up as as something. People dress up and they go to these harvest festivals as well. And that's that's yeah. an attempt to redeem the holiday and make it Christian, but th that that is something different than celebrating Reformation Day, because when you celebrate Reformation Day, you're actually celebrating something that God has done. You're celebrating something that actually is Christian. And so when we celebrate Reformation Day, we're not trying to redeem uh, the 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 holiday, but when so let's talk about a little bit about what a harvest festival is. Um, churches that yeah. do harvest festivals because it's basically a sanitized version of it's it's an alternative to the the trick or treating to Halloween. And, and yeah, it's basically well come and and there's a safe environment. Uh, there's there's games. There's you know activities. So you can you can celebrate sort of this Christian version of Halloween. Yeah, um, a, a lot of churches they have uh, these these trunk or treat. Uh, they have these harvest festivals where they, like you just said, like we've been pointing out, they they try to provide these safer alternatives for 
uh, Christians to participate in this, in, in an alternative version of it of this holiday. And it's like, it, it just strikes me as so, the church that we used to go to uh, did this, uh, this very thing. And it just, it bothered me so much because, you know, you don't know, you, you really don't know how, that, that it's safe. Because like we've already talked about, Satanists, they, they, this is what they are, are assigned to do. They, they are assigned to, they get assigned to churches so that they could take over them and infiltrate them. And the Bible describes this very thing. The Bible warns us about it. And Satanists will infiltrate churches and uh, churches that do these things so that they can try to uh, uh, put put something in there in the candy or or find some way to 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 uh, manipulate or to corrupt the the or to poison or pervert uh, whatever they're doing to take advantage of it. So even in situations like that, like it's just so naive to think that you can just Oh well, this is just a safer alternative. We're gonna hand out water and food and 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 uh, treats and all this stuff. Like you, you know, you, you have to be very careful. And and this is, but this is the the more, as if that wasn't bad enough. This is another really important question that I would like to ask people who attend a church that that has these things, uh, uh, because here's the question, or or who think that it's okay to have that. Here's a very important question that you need to answer yourself: Is God an alternative? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Is he an alternative? And the 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 obvious answer to that question is no. Why? Because as Jesus himself said, he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. He is not an alternative to the way. He is the original. He is the one and only true God. He is the one and only true way. So for for churches and Christians to sort of provide this alternative version to to something that was originally corrupt and pagan and evil is not only you're basically insulting God by saying that you know you're making God to be the lesser. It's a it's a total insult to God. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask. Trying, let, let me yeah. ask you this. Um, so I want to uh, give a, a little bit of um, a different perspective. What about those churches because i have to think that i mean i don't i don't agree with what they're doing but i have to think that they're they're trying to do something that's good and and i know that there there are people out there who are going to say well yeah but we we do a harvest festival and we actually pass out bibles we try to witness for christ we pass out gospel tracts and the whole purpose is not to to have an alternative to fun, but the whole purpose is instead to like try to reach people who are out there and celebrating that because I mean people are going to be out anyways. So let's try to let's try to do something to put ourselves in the way of people so that we can share the gospel with them. I wouldn't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with that motive um i know that there there are christians who buy gospel tracts and so when kids come to their their door they'll give out a candy bar and and a gospel track and try to try to utilize that to to promote the gospel or to to do something like that I, I've, I've known other churches who uh they'll like they're they're 
a group of them will a group of the people from the church will get together at somebody's house and they'll make hot dogs and stuff and actually try to draw people to that house so that that way they can uh evangelize them and share the gospel with them and and um so i'm i'm sort of on the fence as to you know if if that's what's going on i don't know what what are your thoughts on that yeah that's a good that's a very important uh uh issue because it's like this is where things get very tricky and i think it's very uh i don't i don't really see a way of 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 doing it or getting away with it and in in the first place even being in a, actually being effective in the first place because one of the things without actually compromising and i think one of the problems with this is that yeah obviously churches a lot of times have ulterior motives for celebrating Halloween alternatives because they want to stay relevant. They want people to think that they are in tune with the culture and that they're secret sensitive and they don't want to lose people and things like that. Um, be, uh, as opposed to taking a more hardline stance against it and just saying, no, it's evil. Do not participate in it. This has nothing to do with Christ. Uh, and then you have people who try to uh, pass out tracks and things like that. And it's like, well, but honestly, my problem with that is that it's actually I actually see that as a little bit disingenuous and kind of a sort of like false advertising in a way because people are there to get candy they're not there to get preached to they're not get there to get gospel tracts they're there they're there they're there the expectation is to receive candy and uh, when people you know it's kind of like when this is, is kind of a, a sort of analogy or a, a similar example to this is like Whenever you give a gift to somebody as a Christian and you sort of just give them a gospel tract or a Bible and they're not believers, it's kind of like, it's a little bit sort of like rude in a way. It's kind of like, you know, the the the, the more, I guess a more a, a nicer way to do it or a more balanced way to do it was to get, actually get them a gift. And then you can maybe, you know, throw a gospel tract in there or something, something like that. Like, but when people... Here's the, the the problem though, because now you're starting to participate in the tradition that's tied to it. Because if all you do is pass out tracks, it's like, well, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of disingenuous. And then people will say, well, I'll put, you know, put some candy in the tracks and then hand it out so that I at least get a candy or whatever. What's the big deal there? It's like, well, you, now you're participating in the tradition, and that's pretty much compromising. And it's it's really something that you're validating. It, that is a form of validation of that day, and I, to me, I think that that would still be too much of a compromise to actually do. Um, I mean, you know, if there's a way that like you can somehow somehow minister to people uh, without having to participate in all that stuff and give away candy, then you know, I don't know, maybe, but I wouldn't do something deliberately that day, or or as a, like if I was a pastor of a church, I wouldn't do something deliberately like that. I would just say. You know, you know, I'm gonna put a sign up on my door or on my, uh, you know, apartment and tell people, we don't no candy. You know, we don't participate in this. No candy, because we're gonna be busy celebrating Reformation Day. And well, uh, so, so, so that's a, that's another question. So, is there a difference between celebrating a harvest festival and celebrating Reformation Day? I mean, oh yeah, ab absolutely, because Reformation Day has nothing to do with Halloween. It has the only the only overlap there is that I've read that I've heard is that Luther 
he deliberately put the the the, the ninety five theses up on All Saints Day to get more publicity or to get to to get it at uh, attention. But that's it. I mean, there's nothing other than that. The the reason we celebrate Reformation Day, or that I celebrate Reformation Day, or that we should celebrate Reformation Day, is because it is one of the most pivotal points in the history of the entire world, and because it was one of the most magnificent uh, explosions of gospel truth being propagated throughout society and throughout the world, yeah. the entire, especially the Western world. So that has nothing to do with Halloween. Well, so uh, let me ask you: What what is it about a harvest festival that that is is wrong in in your in your mind? Well, like we like I've already you know we we like I said it's it's an alternative and God is not an alternative. We shouldn't be providing alternatives to something that was that originated as evil. And the what, other what thing, is what is a, what is a harvest festival? Well, yeah, the uh, the other thing is that the fact that those harvest festivals also have pagan uh, traditions tied to them. Uh, you know, celebrating the harvest and and on the thirty first, that's also tied to pagan rituals as well. So, calling it a harvest festival, and, and some people, some churches do like really demonic things, and they don't even realize it. Where they have like a, uh, the, the, there's a, some churches actually go to cemeteries and they wait for the sun to come up. Actually, I don't know if this is if, if this is for Halloween or if it's for a for Easter, but um, it might be the other one but but uh you know that's tied to uh, harvest fest, that's all pagan that is pagan hmm. uh, but but uh yeah so that i mean there's no need for that the, it, this is what gets me so much as as this is what gets me so worked up because it's like why on earth would you bother having anything to do with a holiday with a holiday that is so clearly evil and satanic uh when when you can sell when you have we already have something historically and especially as Protestants that we can that we can cherish and all and hold to and celebrate uh, like Reformation Day and so many what's sad is that so many Christians are unaware of this day they don't even realize what actually happened on this day because they're so just conditioned to go along with the tide of society and just do and just do Halloween or whatever it's like what and it's just to me, this is just so incredible. To me, it's a perfect opportunity to to uh, to to show people, you know, to 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 not to separate ourselves from all of that wickedness and 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 paganism, and just take the opportunity. If I, so, if I had a church, this is what I would do. I would celebrate Reformation Day every single year on that day, and and explain the significance and the relevance of the Reformation because it so easily gets lost with the next generation. With the generations following, it is so important to inculcate our our uh, 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 churches and with people in our kids with these vital truths that were recovered in the Reformation, because this is the difference between salvation and damnation, and especially in 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 a, in a for example in a place like El Paso where we're from or where we live, that is predominantly Catholic. Uh, the more all the more reason to celebrate this day uh, as Reformation Day, and uh, to 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 talk about the amazing uh, events that that God, the people, and the events that God used to bring so much revelation of His Word to the masses and to the people. Uh, so, uh, and and you know, you 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 brought up a 
I think you had brought up an, an interesting point earlier, and, and this kind of prompted me to talk about it too, because some people, you know, <laughs> uh, another podcast on our network talked about this as well, that, that uh, Reformation Day is not really that Protestant, that it was, you know, if anything, you should, uh, Reformation Day, or some people take the view that Re Reformation Day should be celebrated uh, on the day of the, the Diet of Worms when Luther protest, protested against the emperor and he said that he gave, he supposedly gave that famous speech about, unless I'm convinced by scripture and plain reason, uh, I cannot, I cannot and will not recant my works. And, uh, but the thing is, you know, this is why it's so important to celebrate this day, or at least to, to make this day known, because Luther's 95 Theses were not perfect, and they, they did have some Catholic, uh, assumptions behind it but it was a lot of it you cannot deny that it was blatantly protestant and very much biblical um it actually i'm actually a little surprised to hear that some people think this because it just kind of makes me think that they haven't really read the theses for themselves um for example uh, the very first thesis uh says this when our lord and master jesus christ said repent matthew 4 17 he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance how is that not, uh, that sounds like extremely Protestant to me. Uh, he was going very much against the, the idea of Catholic, the, the Catholic understanding of repentance, which is basically doing penance and uh, not actually repenting your, uh, the, of your sins, per se. So, uh, and there's other, I mean, the, the, these theses are very, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to read them because he's so, uh, he comes very hard. Uh, against the Pope on a lot of these. I mean, he, here's number 50, for example. Christians are taught to be, uh, I'm sorry, Christians are taught that if the Pope knew the exactions of, indulge, of the indulgence preachers, he would rather that the Basilica of St. Peter were burned to ashes than built upon the skin, flesh, and bones of a sheep. That sounds like something, I would have no problem saying that today. You know, it's like, that. that's, how that's as Protestant as it gets. Yeah, that's something a Protestant would say. Exactly. So yeah. you know, yeah, Luther did say later on, uh, a little bit later, a few years later, that that he was still very much a raging papist or something like that. But that was because he was trying to address the uh, purge all of this corrupt uh, practices from the papacy and from the Catholic Church, because he he thought that the Pope could still be a legitimate office in the Church. And so yeah, it wasn't perfect. There was still some some Catholic, uh, and he was trying to reform the church and not come out of it and start a new church. But you know, but once I th the truth I think, came to light, yeah, yeah, I think the reason to celebrate what he actually did here as Reformation Day is because this event sparked the Protestant Reformation. Precisely. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's a very and honestly, honestly. What's sad is that this day should be celebrated by everybody, by everybody, not just Christians, because this would happen as a result of this of this day, as a, as a result of the Reformation, is it completely changed the world for the better in every aspect of society. Uh, and I encourage people, uh, we're going to post some, some links on our show notes and one of the links that we're going to post is a, a link to a documentary by BBC called the Protestant Revolution it's like a four or five part series about uh, the, the 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 historic effects of the Reformation and that it 
the effects that it had on society, on every level of society. And this is by a secular historian who, as far as I could tell, was not is not even a Christian. And he here is recognizing the importance that the Reformation had, the incredible, vast impact that the Reformation had on society, even to this very day. Because if it were not for the Reformation, the Catholic Church would still have basically have this death grip. The, the Catholic Church had a death grip on every aspect of society. It was so blatantly corrupt, and it was so it had so much political power that it was just perverting society at every level, keeping everybody ignorant, keeping everybody just ignorant and and uh, bound in their sin through this sacramentalism and this religious system that is so blatantly against the Bible and against what Christ taught. Uh, but you have a, you know, it's just sad. It's just so sad that people don't recognize uh, the, just the importance that it had on every level, on an economic basis, on a uh, even on, the, on literacy, like literacy exploded as a result of the Reformation. Literacy, uh, uh, society as a whole, you know, uh, it actually yeah, had... The, the, uh, printing, the printing press was, the, yeah. was because people were wanting to read the Bible. And it, right. I, I mean, it, society as a whole was, was really transformed by the light of the gospel. Right, so so many things, even on a, even on a political level, where people started to feel like, you know what, you know, I'm not just a nobody, because in the Catholic Church, if you weren't a priest or anything higher than that, you were pretty much a nobody. You were just a, a little, you were you're just a pew warmer. Uh, that's actually where the I believe the concept of uh, of layman, and uh, of uh, of layman and uh, uh, clergy came from. It came from the Catholic Church because. The, the And the Protestant Reformation completely revolted against that because it says, look, the work that you do as a father, as a mother, uh, even as a farmer is sacred. Everything, all the work that you do is sacred, not just what these priests do. Um, if, if anything, what they do is antichrist, like, like the Reformation brought to light. Uh, everything you do as a Christian is sacred and should be dedicated to the Lord, and it, and it is important. It's not just the priests and the preachers and the and the, the people who do full-time ministry. So things like that are, are just so important. And it's also important in recognizing just how so many of the corrupt practices that have become adopted in Protestant churches come from the, the Catholic Church. You know, like a, a big, a huge example of that is the prosperity gospel. That originated with the Catholic Church. Because what was Johann Tetzel and these indulgence pre preachers, what were they doing? They were preaching health, wealth, and prosperity if you buy these indulgences. And they were taking people's money from them. And that's what provoked Luther. It was the prosperity gospel being perverted through these indulgence preachers. You mean, well, uh, the, the prosperity gospel wasn't being perverted. Yeah, that's the, yeah, it, the perverted prosperity gospel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up because we have gone a little bit long. Yeah, uh, so... Uh, you know, that's. I will, I'll just close with this one verse. Uh, that's also very relevant to to what we've been talking about. And Psalms one hundred one and three says, "I will not. I will set nothing wicked or worthless before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness." And that's our that's our admonishment. Uh, that's our admonition to to believers to just be careful with this holiday. To not be deceived. To not be ignorant. To not be. Uh, 
uninformed to not to be aware of what the 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 consequences and the, and the practices behind these wicked days and to be discerning as a christian and uh to not participate in these in these wicked uh, these wicked things yeah i i would i would just like to and also encourage everybody to examine these things in the light of scripture and uh you know, I, I know that we've said a lot of things that I think people are going to have trouble with, especially when it comes to some of the practices of Satanists, which uh, we, we both believe still happen today, still occur today. It may sound like a conspiracy theory. It may sound like, you know, it's like, you know, come on, these things aren't happening. Uh, we're not really celebrating these these things in, in that way but if you just look at if you look at the overall picture i don't think that there's anything to celebrate about halloween and i would ask what are you celebrating what are you doing what's the party about what's the party for and you know i i would i would just like to once again encourage parents to think about their children and the spiritual effect that this can have on their children. Now, I know that we are in the minority, and I know that it's possible that we, we may upset some people. So we, we don't, that's not our desire to upset people. We've, we've landed on a position by looking at God's word, looking at, at the holiday, we've landed on a position and I would, I would just like to end with this. I mean, you can email us at semper.reformanda.radio at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. It, it, it really amazes me that people just will say anything to us on Facebook. I mean, not even in a gracious tone. It's just blah. This is what I think about you guys. Blah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we do have some we, – we have to have thick skin. Uh, but so, I mean, if you, if you just want to trash us, then whatever, I, I'm not going to engage you, but I, I would like to be there for people who maybe would be struggling with something. Yeah, like absolutely. absolutely. And, and I, I want to extend that to, to people. If you need prayer, if you need, if you need somebody to talk to about this, like you've, your conscience has been pricked. And nobody out there is actually saying the things that we're saying, or you know, you're 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 struggling with with something that's going on that's spiritual, whatever it is. We're we're not looking to validate everybody's experience. We're looking to go to God's word, and and if you're a brother or sister in the Lord, I want you to know that we care about you, and we want to extend our 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 hand of fellowship and. and friendship to you and say hey if you're if, if you want to reach us email us um, we're open to that so and uh, before we go um, Carlos was there anything else that you wanted to say yeah um, you know we so balance without compromise but at the same time you know this is important. This is why we took so much time to, to talk about this because it is important. This is a this is a matter of holiness. It's an issue of holiness, 
it's an issue of of being consistent in our Christian life and walk and uh, we again want to be gracious with people but but at the same time we don't want to compromise uh, the Bible either the Bible we believe the Bible is clear on things like this on issues like this and um, so we, we do want to we're putting our foot down um, but uh, yeah again if you have questions or feel free to reach out to us by email or by on Facebook you can reach out to any you know to me or to Tim or um, because I know that this will, this is needless to say, going to be controversial, like you said. So, uh, but thank you for listening. If you if you stayed with us for this long, and um, we'll we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.